Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, my name's Nick. Hello, I'm Wolgie. We are the Mouth of Manliness. This is a podcast all about uh, mental health, but it's not just mental health. Um, it's kind of about people's lives and about uh, how they cope and how they manage in the world. Yeah, and digging into the stories that make them who they are. Yeah, so it's real life stories um, where we talk about things that people have been through and how they've managed and how they've coped and how they've come out the other side. So sometimes it's just me and Wargy here, but more often than not we're talking to guests, uh, sometimes more well-known guests, but... More often than anything, it's um, just normal people who have been through um, interesting situations. Yeah, and they've all got a lovely story to tell. Yeah, so mouth and manliness, we are about mental health, but we're more about people and stories. So, welcome to the mouth. The mouth of manliness. Welcome to the Mouth of Manliness. Hello, everyone. We've got an audience here. We are live. Say hello, audience. <laughs> Just hello, to hello. prove that we are live. Where are we, Warren? We are in the roundhouse for Frank Turner's Lost Weekend 4, which is literally amazing. And I can't believe that we're actually here having a conversation or about to have a conversation about mental health in a space... I mean, we couldn't have actually dreamed of having this conversation in. So know, thank you very much for having us. Yeah. It's lovely to have an audience have these conversations. Right? So uh, any long-time listeners to the podcast will know that I've got a chip on my shoulder about being a failed rock star. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sitting in the roundhouse uh, with rock stars, uh, which is pretty mind-blowing. Um, and I'm really excited about it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so basically, um, our, so the Mouth of Manliness is a podcast where we talk openly about mental health. And the idea being that uh, we share our own mental health issues with our guests mm-hmm. um, in the hope that other people will hear it and they will see that they can talk about it as well. So, uh, but, 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 but it's not necessarily all dark because some of it's quite, uh, you know, it's what we do. It's kind of quite uh, humorous at points. Um, well, it's, it's about sort of resonating with the stories that we all have and know yes. and, and finding out common denominators in each other. Right? Yeah. And then hopefully generating a community with all of us that we can, you know, support one another in. And that's, that's the hope in it. So our journey to being here today started off with our guest, Johnny Marriott from Pet Needs. Hello, how you doing, man? Hello. 
Hello, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, so me and jo- uh, Johnny came on the podcast uh, about two years ago, uh, and then he said that uh, his band would be playing um, Lost Evenings in Berlin. So Johnny, being the lovely man uh, who is quite happy to share success, which not everyone is, people, um, he introduced us to our other guest here, Mr. Frank Turner. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Uh, and then Frank said, yeah, come to Berlin, and then we had a lockdown. So, uh, um, so yeah, no we one went go to, Berlin. to Berlin. Yeah, no <laughs> one went. Okay, no, you wouldn't. You couldn't write it, could you? No. And then, uh, so uh, Frank very kindly came on the podcast uh, probably about a year ago. I think. I know. Well, the time's gone weird, yeah, has, hasn't it? Because yeah. you could tell me it was last week or yeah. four years ago, <laughs> and I would believe yeah. both of those statements. I know. I know. It's crazy. Isn't it? um, but you tell me about a year ago. Yeah, about I reckon right. yeah. it was about a year ago. Uh, and then uh, I asked, uh, I saw this was on, and then Frank Cardley said, uh, yeah, we could come here and do this. And then they invited Simon Gunning, who is from... Woo! Calm! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> He's from the, uh, yeah, the charity uh, campaign against living miserably. Um, All of those facts are correct. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for coming along. They're not just correct, they're great. Oh, I've verified They're great them. They're excellent facts, and I... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got like them. a kind of nice little bunch of guests going on here. We're very, very lucky. And thank you to you guys for coming and watching. So, <laughs> so we're talking about community uh, and uh, the importance of community because uh, if we can talk to people about our problems, uh, our problems then become uh, lesser because uh, uh, we realise that we're not the only ones, right? That's, that's why it's so important and that's why we're here. Um, and I was interested really to see uh, like how you guys, especially being on the road, how, mm. how you guys deal with that and uh, how you find community when you're moving around all the time. Because sometimes just being around your bandmates, uh, they can be, like, be the most annoying people in the world. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the first thing I would say is, is actually that, like, I think one of the things I've learned in the last year, and I think most people agree with this, is that, like, whilst I agree with everything you're saying, it's like the need for community isn't just a thing about kind of like when you specifically have mental health problems. We're no, social yeah. animals. Yeah. And the, one of the hardest parts of the last year has been even putting aside the context of live music or community around mm. music or whatever, just not seeing anybody. It's been rubbish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, um, uh, you know, I mean, I was locked down with my wife. I love my wife to pieces but just not seeing any friends not seeing any family Zoom's not really a substitute there's something about um, yeah com- communal kind of gathering that's really important and without which things are harder they are and I think especially when you then stumble across the fact that there's a problem or you wake up and you don't feel quite right that day and, and it's been I mean yeah the last the last year and a half of, 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 of not really understanding how or who can help you is has is, is been a challenge, I think, for, for everybody. Again, not, not, yeah. not, not just necessarily with anybody, anybody that suffers from anxiety or mental health issues. And I think it's, um, it's encouraging now that we're able to sort of slowly tread back into the space where 
where we yeah. feel comfortable again. Although there's there's anxiety that comes with that as well. Yeah, I, don't I mean, know yeah, else, yeah, but like <laughs> yeah. first time you're in a crowded room, it's a very yeah, mixed exactly. feeling. It's Hence like the beer. yeah, but also what the fuck? Yeah, um, yeah. So it's I, I I don't know about anybody else up here, but I found the the reentry for want of a better word mm. <laughs> to be almost I would say considerably more stressful than the yeah, start for of sure. It was born out. So we run a, a helpline. Yeah, and so at the start of lockdown, the demand went up forty two percent straight away. Uh, and that sort of stayed quite constant. Mm. Uh, and then when lockdown was extended, it sort of jumped up a bit. Yeah. But then when it was relaxed, it jumped up a lot. Mm. So I think it was about people being told to go from a position of danger to a position of safety. Mm. And then you're told, fuck it, back out. And so you're out, you're out back into that danger. So yeah, it's, I mean, this transition has changed. Mm. I think it was also um, social anxiety and being overwhelmed socially. That's what I found. Like we... Um, booked our first gig back it was kind of like in between the lockdowns it was one of these kind of like 50 cap everyone had to like sit down all socially distanced and stuff like that um, and is after we'd come for like record an album and stuff and everything was feeling really exciting and it was getting to the point where I knew that we were going to have lots of shows coming forwards um, and then I it was a local show so I could walk to it and I was sitting in my living room going like what the fuck am I doing yeah, and I felt yeah, like yeah. kind of like I felt yeah. like a fraud I felt too old to do it and stuff like that and it's just like I felt like just I didn't feel like like the person that should go on the stage. It was really bizarre. I was kind of interested in your journey with it, really, because, uh, like, Johnny basically got, uh, you know, from playing in bands and trying, really, really wanting to make it, um, and you made it in lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> like, you got a record deal and made it in lockdown, and that's pretty that's crazy. Fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was weird, because everything, um, the world suddenly started seeming bigger and like possibilities seemed um, like we could run into things more and stuff like that and we knew things were going to happen but then everything kind of um, was still kind of stopped and not happening so it was really weird conceptually it felt like we were getting bigger we were getting like more plays on Spotify and stuff yeah. like that but it just could it wasn't tangible it was really weird and it was so conceptual that um, like like it's such a kind of like concept as opposed to um, reality that we we're having things put in the diary and I couldn't believe that they were going to happen and not like things like this yeah. like um, not in a oh I can't believe it's going to happen like I literally can't conceptualise this happening because life is so small and it's also something I've not used to yeah. um, so going from uh, playing like so also my heart is was uh, and still is in playing tiny little sweaty punk clubs yeah. as well so like g going into big rooms um, it, it's still scary um, and it's something I'm getting used to but um, yeah, I love it as well but it comes with fuck loads of anxiety yeah so yeah yeah yeah, I think, you know, like I was saying, I'm a failed rock star and there's this idea of uh, but then when I kind of think about it like realistically it's like actually that all sounds pretty scary to me <laughs> you know like <laughs> Yeah, I've got kids. I wouldn't be able to say my wife would have the right ump. <laughs> like you're going and getting pissed and having a laugh all the time. And what about the kids? I mean, if it's any like consolation, oh, yeah, I was at Reading Festival two weeks ago and I, I had the right ump and I wanted to come home. So, <laughs> so old. Yeah, we're getting old. It was at the height of paranoia and anxiety, basically, as much as I love that place. So I think uh, something that's really great is that we, we, we have these forums and we're able to sit and talk about our mental health, which is, which is, which is quite new. It's new to me. I've been, uh, I've been mentally ill. I'm f uh, 46 now and I became ill at nine. And, uh, and it's only been the last few years where I've, 
have felt able to be very open and talk about having mental health problems. So it's quite an amazing thing that I'm now here sitting in front of people saying, oh, I am mentally ill. Um, you know, and I'm not mentally ill every day. I'm just ill sometimes. Um, and I, I think it's really important that we can kind of get up and have these conversations. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, I mean, like, it's, in my journey through the music industry, it's been a, it's probably the most noticeable sea change. I think that when I started out playing shows at Million Dead, if the idea of having a mental health panel would have been very unusual, the idea of going on it would have been very scary, and I think not many people would have done it. Um, and that's changed radically, which I think is a good thing. And I try generally to be pretty kind of like. Um, cautious in my claims for what impact people who do what I do for a living have on the world but like at the same time uh, I was doing a thing uh, I think with you guys were involved with um, Je- my, my wife had a play and they had Stephen Friday to talk about mental health afterwards and he was talking about how um, sort of you know famous people sort of led the um, conversation on gay rights in the 1970s and 1980s yeah. and and thereby sort of helped direct a broader social change about attitudes towards um, you know gay rights, gay marriage, whatever it might be. And, and it was like, oh yeah, okay, maybe. Maybe there's some use in it. <laughs> I don't want to be sort of overly pessimistic. But like, in, you know, for me, um, trying to talk about this kind of stuff, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's still a bit weird in the sense that it wasn't normal when, when I started doing it. But, and the other thing, sorry, I'm hogging the floor now. No, but but the, other, the other thing for me that's been really interesting is that like, um, I spent, a, I started doing stuff with you and with Calm before I, I started talking the talk, some time before I started walking the walk, I, I, I learned the lines about how you just got to talk about it, and the mm. first conversation's the hardest. And then I would go, no, I'm not talking about it, about my own mental health, and had <laughs> bottled up my own issues, and then it all got horrendous. And then actually had to sort of go through the process I'd been telling everybody else to do, mm. and felt chastened by the experience. But um, yeah, I mean, CBT is now a huge part of my life. Mm, it's massively important. I think. I think it's re- the, the the benefit of it is that it's it's identifying the fact that we're having dark days and times can lead to and 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 the thoughts that you have on your own when you're not feeling great. It's 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 a worry that you know it, it is very much just you inside your own head. And the minute you're able to then open up to somebody else. Or at least, or at least, someone sort of interject actually, and because because sometimes there's on on the podcast we've recently spoken to some guests that yeah we spoke to quite a few people recently who had um, they'd had uh, failed suicide attempts, and then uh, as a result of that, <coughs> someone stepped in and pretty much like saved them. You get this like hero comes mm. in, and. Uh, and like that kind of rocked me quite a bit because uh, I've had I've been dogged with suicidal thoughts forever, um, and then hearing other people talking so openly about mm. it, I actually find that quite mind blowing that we have this honest conversation about suicide now. Uh, well, we don't always, but there is like it is possible to have a dialogue, and it's possible, and it's not yeah. just. Oh, you're letting everyone down. That's why I really liked, like, uh, Simon, I was looking at uh, the calm stuff, and um, and I really like the fact that there's this kind of... Uh, it, it's, it's, if you look on the calm website, uh, it's really open. You know, like, even the language that's used yeah, it's is really kind of normal. Throw in occasional shit or a swear word. <laughs> and I like that, because I love swearing. <laughs> and and like that and and then that kind of open bit about like we're about trying to prevent suicide yeah. and it's like oh 
this is all right. But I, I, I don't know about you, but I've, I've got a little teeny tiny handbrake in my brain. Mm. That, so I, I've been doing this for four years, and we are a suicide prevention organisation. Mm. But every time I come to have to say suicide, there's a little tiny handbrake yep. comes on because I've still got a little bit of like shame and stigma about that word because that that word is shameful and that word is is stigmatic and that based on our on our kind of cultural mm -hmm. uh, precedent. So I mean, I, I think you're, you're absolutely right. The way we've tried to do it is to try to jump in, in, into in, into cultural avenues that you're not expected to be in. So uh, our, our patron is Professor Green. We work with Frank. Um, tattoos, you'll see, is a common thread. Um, but it's, <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, I'm quite heavily tattooed. But it's exactly that's the only reason I'm here. And, but the, um, it's it, we, we want to try to hijack those kinds of that that that, that kind of uh, almost like nominative determinism, where the words just just repel, and people when you yeah. come to terms like using terms like mental health. So, so I think if you say the term mental health to I don't know Piers Morgan. He's already decided what it is you mean yeah, yeah, before yeah. you finish yeah, the second yeah. syllable. And so for, with, with us, we want to try to take different approaches to things. So our, our last campaign was just called Stay. And, and so we go out quite hard sometimes. It was World Suicide Prevention Day. Who knew such a thing existed? It does. I didn't know that it existed four years ago. But actually on the theme of how stuff has changed, four years ago, nobody wanted to talk to us about it. Mm -hmm. And now there's a queue around the block of people wanting us to do stuff. So we did this campaign, Stay. And it was just so, you know, originally it was, it was called Fuck It, Stay. But we thought we probably can't go with Fuck It, Stay. Um, but just using that, just, just a simple instruction, Stay, just see what happens. See what happens next. Just don't... Don't, don't do it. Just mm. to try to get that conversation in, into the light and, 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 and out of the dark. That, incidentally, is called the Papageno effect. So your, your guests who are talking about suicide attempts, mm. their survival from that is as powerful, if not more powerful, than the, the, um, the, the, the power of suicide in its contagion. So yeah. suicide is highly contagious. Once it's been established in a very close relationship to, to, to somebody, it becomes an option and it's contagious. Mm. But the Papageno effect, named after anyone, anyone you're right the magic mm -hmm. flute the, there's a character in the magic flute I, what was it no, i didn't know i was going to say named magic. after papagano <laughs> what named after papagano papagano you're, you're thinking of papa lazaru you're my wife but you said the, the papa lazaru effect no what did what is it called your toilet was broken i what fixed it now tell me what's it called again <laughs> Papageno, not Papa Lazaru. Papa what was Lazaru. it from? What's no, that from? Papa Lazaru is from the League of Gentlemen. Disturbing character ever. And if you wanted to try to prevent people feeling shit scared, don't lose the Papa no, Lazaru. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're my wife now. It's a different yeah. approach. Dave! <laughs> now, this is the magic flute. Dave! This is the magic flute, and there's a character in it called Papageno. And I, I know, honestly, but I was just cracking a really short joke, which oh, is yeah. that the it effect is named long. after what it it's called, <laughs> but I apparently can't pronounce it properly, so it didn't work. Let's you move see, on. It's anyway, at this point you were where saying, I thought, yeah, you maybe have to try to explain it now, and it's at this point where I have to expose the fact I've never seen the magic flute, and I have no fucking idea what it's about. It. But it's the it's about I mean, a flute. Is it magic? Continue. Flute. <laughs> and uh, that that. Papageno effect is about survival, and that is as contagious, if not more. So we, we, we like so in, with Stay, for example, we were we were using people using people worked with us who had survived getting to that horrible point at the end of the continuum, yeah. and had come back and was were pleased that they had. And it's that it's that exhibiting hope and exhibiting a potential future. It's um, Alistair Campbell who said um, that 
uh, if you're, there are endless possibilities if you're here, but there are no possibilities if you're not. And so to talk about suicide, especially, and as we do at Calm, we, we, we talk about it in terms of we shout about life. Sometimes yep. we'll punch you in the face with suicide, but mostly we'll shout about life. Mm. Yeah, we were talking to someone yesterday, uh, and uh, it was specifically about porn addiction, which is a fascinating world unto itself. Uh, and he was very much talking about, uh, we were talking about addiction, really, and the idea that um, uh, if, if you give something up, you need something to replace it. So you feel so bad about yourself that you need some light to pull you out. And I think that's very common with that kind of suicidal thoughts. Because I, I, like, I know I get stuck in this little world where I can think of nothing else. And I quite like it. It's quite, it's nice, it's comfortable, I understand it. Um, and then when I come out of it, I'm like, oh, what do I do now? I'm lost. How, how we met, though, was primarily through, during when you were going through a time, and then we were introduced to one another. And it, and it oh. just so happened that I was like, moved round the corner from you, and we started making music and bits and bobs. Yeah. And that, that, that's when I, I sort of noticed the change in you physically. I think because it was like you had something else to replace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with that. That's right, actually. Yeah. So you need something else. There's need that other thing. And I'm not suggesting by any means I'm your saviour here. By the way, he's my saviour. I'm just. That's not what I was saying. No. What I mean is, it just it it changed your pattern of thought during that time, right? And and then equally, you helped me on the flip side of that as well, right? So it's the support thing, oh. I think I'm getting it. Isn't that yeah. nice? Uh, all right, mate. All right, I tell you what, there's a lot of love in this room. There there's is, a mate. lot of love yeah. in this room. There's a lot of love. Crap, uh, I, I sent that music to Frank, actually, and he was very nice about it. Oh, thank that's you. good. Nice. <laughs> You're welcome. Cheers, mate. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, but that idea, so I, this is another thing that interests me, is that, uh, like, oh, we're... We're creative people, and the thing is, there's a there's a real fine line in being a creative person. Where, uh, um, so the idea that if you're creating and everything's going well, you feel great. But if you're creating and it's not going so well, you feel fucking ten times worse than anyone else. It's, it can be dreadful, especially if you're lashing onto it to sort of yeah, to yeah, remove yeah. you from a situation yeah. you're in. Yeah, I mean, I've I've always found that if you do something like creative or something, it should. I mean, it's, it's, it, the idea is that you do it for yourself because it, it, it's just what you like. And it's a, it's a bonus if anybody else likes it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I think any of you, yeah. you know. It's a strange thing, though. I mean, one of, one of the things I've, conversations I've had in, in recent years is like the, the music industry, in a way that I don't think is fixable because it's sort of inherent to the structure mm. of the thing. But it's like you take these people who are creative, or, or I mean, everybody's creative, but you know for a living or whatever and and then you spend a year or a year and a half or two years making a record that's 45 minutes long and then someone goes yeah shit <laughs> yeah, and, and, yeah. You, and you go but yeah. that's that's like that's two years life, of my yeah. life yeah cheers and, mate. and yeah. you can't you can't really do anything about that imbalance between kind of like the labor it took to create something and the amount of time it takes to listen to it or 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 look at it or watch it or whatever mm -hmm. type of creativity or read it whatever current type of creativity we're talking about but i do think that like it's worth this isn't strictly what we're talking about, but like the you know the industry sort of trying to sort of do something about this, and like when I encounter kind of younger artists or whatever, it's just like don't read the comments ever. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I realised. Yeah, because I. 
because when you're in a band, when you're in a small local band or anything like that, all the people around you tell you you're brilliant because um, they're your mates. So they're going to tell you you're brilliant. I, I, I told my mates shit bands that they're brilliant before because, of course, that's what you tell them, right? So we were kind of surrounded by yeah, Johnny, a small... you guys are great. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. I love your new single. Oh! <laughs> Um, no, I genuinely do. Touche. Touche. This is about to get really fucking dark. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're, you're passive so aggressive. I <laughs> know like, oh you guys were brilliant last night. <laughs> Continue. Sorry. Um, but yeah, you're surrounded by people that tell you you're good. And then um, we got signed in the middle of a pandemic and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then the reviews started coming in and um, they were all good as well. Like they were, they were all good. Like, and I was like, oh, brilliant. This is consistent with my narrative of what happens when you're in a band. Like people tell you you're good. Then we got one bad review that said um, something like we were slightly below average or something like that from one woman. I know what town she lives in as well. She lives in Ireland. I know everything yeah. about her. Wait, I'll go. I'm sort of right. Yeah, well, there you go, there you go. Um, and we got reviewed in kind of like quite big magazines and stuff like that, but that one review on that one blog, I returned to it so many times, it hit the fucking top of the Google search. So as soon as you started searching for, the, uh, for Pet Knees Fracture Party Music Review, it's gone right down now, because I then obsessively searched for all the good ones instead, so it right balanced out. Um, but it is weird, it is weird. That, and then every time uh, we started getting reviews coming through for the album, I was kind of panic skim reading them um, to make sure they weren't bad and we haven't had any other bad ones which is good um, but it was weird and it was something where I've always uh, said as long as people think I'm a nice person then I would never mind because art is subjective and all of my favourite artists um, get bad reviews obviously like everybody does um, but it's, it was yeah it was a really weird yeah sh sure but now now we come on to like the, the couple of things I mean first of all there's the human mind effect like I mean I, I've very strictly stop reading any kind of like Twitter replies, Facebook comments, whatever. But you, could, in, when I did, you could scroll through 99 people telling you you're great, and then one person says you're a fucking asshole, and then you think about that for a year. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? And so there's that kind of thing. But also, you, what you're saying there, it's yeah, sure, absolutely, the idea that you should be able to distinguish between people and art and that kind of thing. And like, if I'm a decent person, of course, no, nobody likes everything. There's, there's, I mean, almost the idea of a type of art that everybody likes. I mean. Yeah. Coldplay? I don't know. Do you know? I, I like Coldplay. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't care. care. I like them. But, 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 but do you see what I mean? It's like, but to make the distinction, but this is the thing. People don't. People don't. People, people will say, I hate that band. And, and, and they don't say, I hate that band's music. They go, I hate that band. It's kind of worse when you're a solo artist as well. I hate Frank Turner. Like, Isn't it about a sense of self? Like the sense of self, our sense of self is so, so delicate that we, we, we spend most of our life getting to a point where we're comfortable with ourselves uh, and uh, where, you know, all the bad bits and the bits that your quirks and your weird things, you kind of, uh, you get a bit older and you get a bit more comfortable with. And then I found as I got older, I'm like, I don't fucking care what people think. Uh, but I did, and I still do. You know, like I said, I, I say I don't, but I do. And um, my sense of self is so precarious at any one time. And then if you're in a band, like, your, your self is up here. Sure, it's on, or at least a version of it. But, I mean, yeah. I think it's interesting what you say about not... Because the, the, I think about... I've thought about this a lot. Like, there's a part of me... And there's nothing to do with being a musician. There's a part of me that wants to not give a fuck about what anybody thinks about me. But actually, 
I know, I happen to know one or two people who genuinely don't, and they're sociopaths. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Normal yeah, people, yeah. of course you care about what people yeah, think yeah, about yeah. you. It's a natural part of being a member of society. It's not about reciprocity as well. I mean, yeah, you know, exactly. You're going to worry about what people think. If yeah, you don't you worry, do, then yeah. you behave however the fucking hell you want to behave. Yeah, right? and yeah. it's, and like, so you there is a, there is a balance to be found. I'm not remotely trying to say that I've found it, good Lord, but like, there's got to be a level on which you react to the world around you and 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 uh, yeah reciprocity is the word um, I, I, i'm a, a very long way from being anything like famous but i go on telly a fair bit and i went on i go on this morning a, a quite a great deal and the only feedback from that i remember and think about quite a lot is a, a link to a tweet that a friend sent to me where somebody i don't know had taken a photograph of me on telly and written underneath fucking hell simon pegg's let himself go that's really out of order because I think I mean, you look dapper as hell. <laughs> I really do, and I was really jealous of your glasses. Thanks, they're massive, they're like... aren't they? I just walked into the optician, said, "Full-on media twat," and they, and they said, we, we, "We have that look for you, sir." But it's so interesting because, like, you could get a hundred people telling you you're good, but you, you only focus on the one yeah. bad. Yeah. And yeah. because our brain goes, "Oh." Yeah, but it's, and actually, funnily enough, I had this yesterday. There's this thing, like, most of my friends kind of know how I deal with these things now, but there's a few people, there's a friend of mine who, bless him, is trying to do the right thing. He was like, you know, great work on the tour announcement. Don't listen to the haters. Oh, I'm like, is, oh, don't what, say what, that. Are they nearby? Cheers, mate. Yeah. So now I'm like, what are they saying? I'd better go and have a look at what they're saying, but of course, and I don't because I've learned that that's a fucking terrible idea. But it's just yeah, it's such a sort of like negative things to say. Uh, you know, it's like oh, most people think you're great. Yeah, it's yeah. It's like oh, cool. <laughs> Apart from that lot over there, yeah, yeah. isn't that just it's just part of the human condition, though, isn't it? Aren't we? Yeah, well, that's yeah, just yeah, for, yeah. That's for affirmation. But, it, but exactly, and yeah. it's about finding a balance between yeah, these yeah, things. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's arguably going to be a lifelong thing. I think for yeah. everybody, and I think we should stop talking about what it's like being in the public eye because this is a good condition that affects everybody on some level but yeah, like yeah, sure. you've got trying to find that balance and I think that one of the things that I try and th focus on is that like it's there's not like a kind of end steady state that it's possible to aim for it's always going to be a balancing act right oh, there's that the, the John Ronson book the uh, so you've been internet shamed yeah that it's just brilliant yeah. so the people who are crushed by being criticized versus um, Mosley Max Mosley the, the former the, the mm. Formula One guy who was you know at the sex dungeon with the Nazis and all yeah. that sort yeah. of stuff and, and refused <laughs> to be shamed just said, well, yeah, Ellen, okay, Eleanor yeah. Roosevelt said it takes two people to be ashamed, uh, yeah, to, yeah. to be shamed. You yeah, have yeah, to yeah. agree to be shamed. To uh, but, it, but again, yeah. that then comes back to the fact that it's like, well, I mean, I'm not sure that Piers Morgan's got much of a shame uh, node in his brain, and I don't want yeah. to be like him. Or sociopath or psychopath. But this is it. So there's this, like... I don't know. In all things, it's like there's not there's not like this kind of like finish line that you're going to reach yeah, when it's yeah. just like tick done. That's don't have to think about that anymore. It's more just like having developing coping strategies for knowing when you're leaning too far in one direction or the other, and about being able to right yourself is kind of the goal for me. And again, I'm not saying I'm there. I mean, this last year's been a fucking car crash. Well, I'm not allowed to be blunt. Yeah, but um, the idea yeah. that everything's on a continuum. Uh, so uh, you, it's the Buddhist idea that uh, you shouldn't seek to be happy, you should seek to be content, uh, because happiness is more often not uh, quite difficult to attain. So if you're aiming up here, you're, you might hit that once in a blue moon, but if you aim for content, content's much easier to get. And 
then you kind of, and then within that, you put in these things about, oh, I need to be doing this to be happy. I need to be doing this to be happy. I need to be this successful. And it's a fucking nightmare. It's really hard to get to. So, I mean, I think it's really important to establish the fact that most people are just not there. Like, contentment doesn't really exist in our society, I I think. But they do say you can That's only from my opinion, but, like, I mean, even just from, I, I fucking hate social media, but I have to use it. And I have to for various reasons, but I, I am constantly made aware of my fucking faults every second of every day. Warren does loads of like topless stuff. Yeah, he? I do. Yeah, thanks very much. Yeah, that's it, yeah. I'm going really great here. So it's, <laughs> it's great. I think you, know you look great. Thank you very much, Frank. Uh, Cheers, mate. <laughs> that's that's my my dad. So I mean, I'm interested in uh, so uh, some of the stuff that. I tell you what I'm really interested in how you came to be working with Calm like uh, have you struggled with mental health yourself I haven't um, you haven't no, it, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's purely nepotistic really I, I was uh, I was at the BBC I was Martin Tourette's at the BBC I was in the record business for years and years and then I went into telly I was at the BBC this won't take long I promise um, <laughs> and uh, somebody that I work with it was, is married to the chairman of Calm and, and I'd, I'd, I'd left um, an advertising agency um, and just went to go and have a look at it to try to figure out what it was. It was tiny, there were eight people, but there was something really, really interesting about it, about a suicide prevention organisation, which you just go, oh shit, that's going to be grim. And it, it wasn't grim. There's something so sort of lively and playful and, and, and uh, relevant about it. I, yeah, can I back that up quite strongly, please? Um, which is just that, like, uh, I mean... It, not obviously like doing anybody down, but like my, my own first encounter with Karma was a very dear friend of mine wrote quite a long blog uh, about his own mental health and I had no idea that he'd ever had any issues at all and this is why all this sharing stuff can be interesting and his kind of route to not like being fixed or whatever but to getting better was, was through Calm and, and um, I was like, oh, interesting and just immediately, yeah, it's just Calm is kind of upbeat and is that the word I don't know it's just it's cool it's, yeah, it's that was my take though you know I said yeah. about the website there's this idea that it's not it's not doom and gloom where I think people often think but, things are but I, but I think you need I think we need to appreciate mm. appreciate the shadows in order to enjoy the light and I'd because well, I think if it's just if it's just come on everybody it's going to be fine yeah, of course. You know, we're not getting there so we do project 84 which was the single most terrifying we put a load of uh, we put 84 statues along uh, the top of the ITV buildings in, in on, on the South Bank, each mm. one. So at the time, that was when 84 men a week died by suicide. It's now 94. Yeah, yeah. And, we, and bereaved families made them and put them down. And, and wow. that was uh, shocking for yep. people. And you have to go and you have to get, you have to shake the country by, by the shoulders. So you can't mm-hmm. just be constantly t- t- kind of shouting about the, the, the cheeriness and trying to cheer up. Sure. I guess maybe upbeat's the wrong word. I guess it's just kind of like proactive in a way that, yeah. that really like appealed to me. Yeah. It was in, in the same way that like in my own journey through kind of therapy and stuff, what I liked about, and, and it's different for everybody, but for me, like with CBT, it wasn't like lie on a couch and talk about your dad for five years. It was like, right, what's wrong? How do we fix it? Yes. Do you know what I mean? And, and in a similar way, like Calm just had this very like, I get it, everything's fucked, but like, let's talk yeah, about it and what do we can do about it. it yeah. that's, that, that's kind of there it is, this is why you, you have your job. Shall I get it? It is, I mean, it is, but you think, so continuum, I think, is a really important yeah, yeah. way of looking at stuff. So uh, the, the way we operate is that we, 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 we think about a continuum from being perfectly happy, everything being fine, right the way through to suicidality. 
And suicidality is a, is a propensity to suicide as opposed to uh, um, suicide itself. Um, and there are key points on that journey. You've got a billion starting points and a billion endpoints, and they all wiggle about the place. But there are points on that continuum that if you can block them and short-circuit them and remove them, you've got a chance of stopping somebody going from absolutely happy, a little bit shit, really shit, absolute crisis. And they're things like uh, a lack of self-worth, um, a lack of belonging, um, isolation, which has of course been so hard for the last 18 months for so many people, self-medication. And, and you can start to block those by doing things like calm clubs, like comedy nights, like gigs that Frank does, you know, that just things where people feel a part of something or they get some sense of belonging or they, 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 they find a, a cultural outlet or a physical exercise. And we try to prevent the journey from the extreme, the extreme left to the extreme right of that continuum. And that's, and that's what we'll keep doing. We keep kind of kicking it. Yeah. And, and what we hopefully get, people get from that, is not only a sense that they can, they, 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 they can survive wherever they are on that continuum, but they want other people to mm. as well. And that's why we talk about leading a movement. And we're all, it is, this is a, a movement against suicide, because suicide is a, a horrendous, awful thing. And I meet people who, who uh, are, are close to it themselves, or have had experience themselves, or, I mean, heaven forfend if, you, if you've got kids, I've got kids, you know, you think anyone that's lost a child to suicide, and they don't want anyone else ever, ever to experience that. Yeah. And so we have this movement of people who are desperate to use our methods or, or other methods to try to prevent suicide. It was quite interesting, so, uh, like, the, kind of the reason for me starting the podcast, what, nearly three years ago was because I'd come out of a period like that uh, where I was, uh, all I wanted to do was die and there was nothing else and I was off of work for six months, I had a total breakdown and it was, um, the, uh, it was uh, the stuff that calmed do that my wife was able to recognise how serious it was. Like before that, she was just like, yeah, just go to fucking work. <laughs> go and bring the money in. You know, like, and my wife is lovely, uh, but, you know, there was still an element of she didn't understand. And then uh, there was a lot of calm stuff on the TV at the time. I think you put the, uh, the bodies at the top of one of the big buildings in London. And my wife was like, fuck. This is, like, people die of this. And I, I think we kind of lose track of that sometimes. Is that like it, is, it, it, it kills more people than cancer? It's like a heavy, serious fucking thing, and like something that we need to talk about. I just think talking about it takes the sting out of it. It takes the edge off of it. It makes such a big difference. Just those basic conversations where you're able to say to someone, "I feel this way. I want to die." Uh, and that that person is not then just running away. You know, they're able to kind of sit with you and go, well, let's talk about it. Uh, and I think, like, uh, you know, it is doing things like this. It is, like, for the work of Carl and my black dog as well. And it's uh, about that idea of, like, it's not, it's, you know, it's something we can actually talk about. But it's the human condition. I mean, more yeah, than, more yeah, than yeah. half of men feel that way at some point in their life. It's the human condition. And, and for us to deny access to the, the means of alleviating that suffering because it's mired in shame. Yeah. Like, shame from, from what? How, how have yeah. we confused silence with strength? Why is it strong to say silent when it's so hard for, for all of us? to? We know that we're conditioned not to talk about what's happening between our ears. That's the tough thing, is breaking that, that problem. We have um, 
we have an approach where most most organisations will say that one in four people will suffer with some form of ill mental health in their life, and, and we say it's four in four people. Yeah, all of us, yeah, all of us will have shit days, and we might have one a short and shallow shit day. We might have lots of very deep, very difficult experiences, but we all understand it, and it's when. We talk about one in four, we start to create this three strong people looking after the one yeah. weak one. And we continue to perpetuate this mm. bollocks which yeah, prevents so us from actually seeking the, the help that we need because our brains work, this, it's how our brains work. Shame, shame is uh, like for me, shame crippled me for years. Shame put me in my bedroom drinking on my own. You know, it was uh, because I couldn't tell anyone about it. Because, <clears throat> you know, dare I mention it to my dad and he think I'm fucking pussy. Because, I, because of that shame. And it was only when I was able to kind of push shame away and decide that actually I've got nothing to be shame about, that I was able to feel better. Because that shame, it's, it's so cool you say that because I, I agree with that all day long. And shame is also so linked to our identity. If we feel shame about ourselves, then, you know, we're fucking fucked. We need to go, no, I won't feel shame. And it's hard. Mm. How did you manage to do that? How did you manage to push the shame of talking about things and the shame of admitting things to people? I, I, I just got so ill, and I'd been so ill for so long, for like... This was only like a few years ago, really. So, what, for 30 odd years, I'd felt so fucking ill, so, so depressed. Um, I, I'd gone through periods where I just, I, like, I drank for 10 years. I would take any drugs I could get my hands on. Um, and I, I just couldn't bear it anymore. And I, I had this realization that there was this part of the shame was because, you know, I felt like I wasn't being a man and all of that. Uh, and then I just realised, and then I, then I uh, saw a psychiatrist and they uh, diagnosed me. And then I was like, and then they also told me why I probably felt that way. And then I thought, oh, it's not my fault. And then I was like, I've got an illness. If I, if I, had a serious illness, I wouldn't be embarrassed about it. If I broke my leg, I wouldn't be embarrassed about it. I'd be like, I broke my leg, put in rock star poses. You know, like, I wouldn't be embarrassed about it. That's a statement. I, broke, I, I, do, that, I do that, that. I do that. I do that on my own. Uh, but then I, I just, I was like, no, no, because I've got an illness and I'm ill. And, uh, and sometimes I'm ill. And then other times I'm all right. Uh, and I've got this kind of, enduring illness that crops up and doesn't sometimes but it was like fuck it i'm like why i refuse to be ashamed of it and uh, that was the biggest turning point in my life really so we, we've been speaking to people that have combated that shame by like having like group sessions with like-minded people right yeah. so so that that whole like um in the same way that addicts have um you know, AANA meetings and stuff. We've we've been talking to. So who did, who did we have on on the podcast? Um, who had the the coffee mornings on the Mondays with with like the the guys that. Um, oh, was that the artist David? N no, it wasn't David. It was 
This is terrible now because I can't remember it. I like a right twat. Never mind. Anyway, we spoke. I quite often get drunk when we do the podcast. Yeah, nice first. one too. Anyway, it's basically, Thursday night. The, the purpose of one of our conversations with a wonderful guest we had only a few weeks ago that I can't remember, and we'll edit this out of the final thing, was that, that they had they had like it's just going to come in and be like good name. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like proper clean. Like, yeah, that's it. It's My that they, they, had, they had these coffee mornings, and it was like oh, and that it, was. Oh. You know now, don't you? Yeah. This um, is the content you guys came for. You know, this is it, right? This is it. Right, this is, it was Andy's Man Club, and there they actually are. run across the country. They are. Uh, yes. And what they do, it's not coffee morning, but uh, oh, right. they meet up every, like, say, Thursday night. Um, and they uh, invite people to come in and talk about their mental health. Uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't just about... It was, it was trying to break the mould of, like, going to the pub. Because the reality is, when you go to the pub and you want to chat to somebody... You just sit there and go, yeah, yeah, I've got some shit, and then it, it, it'll be your mate, and it'll, one or two things happen. is When your close friends will actually listen to you, and they'll talk to you, or there'll be someone else in the, in the environment where it'll be like, I will fucking get over it, mate, and blah, 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 blah. And that, that, is, that has been intrinsic with sort of growing up. Like for, for all of us, I think, in our situations, there's always one in our group that's potentially a little bit can't be arsed with the, the problems of other people, probably because they've got their own shit going on also. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not, not, to, not to sort of knock that, but... Well, I was an amateur by the fact that it's not about booze. It was more about the sort of the sentiment of, I mean, I, I don't know if anybody's ever been to sort of an, an, an addiction sort of meeting or whatever, but the purpose being that there's a tea room and you have a bit of tea and then you come and sit down and you share your situations. And it's like that, encourage, that encouragement of discussing and talking and finding the common denominator, no matter how dark it is, like there's always a point of reference between people. Yeah. And, and that is like, that is so fucking important. Because yeah. it, it takes you out of the pub. It takes it's you out of the possibility of getting fucked up. The, totally. Uh, what, the common theme, I think, and this is not a radically new statement, but the sense of connection community, I think, is a really important thing. What you were saying about the different stages on the way. One of the main things, and this is a thing I've seen with a lot of people, is about kind of getting out of your own head to a degree and whether that's getting out of your head with other people you can have a conversation with but it can be more than that like a very dear friend of mine um, had a terrible time with suicide what was the suicidal suicidality there we go and uh, and he got a dog and he needed to take care of the dog and the dog needed to shit and eat and didn't care what he was doing similarly friends of mine have got into like volunteering like with food banks and stuff like that and it's a moment in time when you're not just sitting there dealing with your own shit Mm. all the time and you encounter people who uh, hardship is not a contest but like have have different types of bad shit going on and like Christ alive my sister runs a food bank in in Morecambe if you want to know about people having a shit time right now do you know what I mean and it's like but it's that thing of just I personally find that you talk about isolation during lockdown has been really hard but it's not just the physical isolation it's that sort of like conceptual isolation where it's like well this is a part of stuff I'm not going to talk about so that's one part of it but just that thing of like getting out of your own head Mm. has been Really it's like, it's like entropy, me. isn't it? it, it yeah. It's like the the heat will will slowly will will leave you if you don't move, and 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 that that got kind of locked in. But whether that's even a voluntary, but you were saying actually, when you when you're in a sort of a, 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 an obsessive state, yeah. it's comforting because the rest of the world yeah, disappears. Nice. Yeah. But it but yeah. it but it's damaging. It's so yeah. it's long, mid, and even short term damaging. So a lot of that solution focused stuff is to, is to do things, is to be mm. human, is to be alive, is to be active. Yeah, connect with others. Uh, it's funny. I think part of like the twelve steps is the idea of a serving. Yeah. And if you if yeah. you do something for other people, uh, that uh, not only helps them, 
yeah. and it helps you so right. much. And it, like this is, I'm, I'm venturing possibly towards a slightly un, like controversial statement or whatever. But there's there's a lot of conversations within the mental health world about like you know, I've got to be comfortable with me. I've got to love myself and all that kind of thing. I'm not disagreeing with any of that, but just my own personal experiences. Like that's all well and good. You've also got to stop just thinking about yourself yeah. some of the time. Do you know what I mean? And just focus on connection with other people or just just yeah serving. Do you know what I mean? Or just totally. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. So it's, I can fall on statistics if you like. So 72% in a, in a survey that we carried out, 72% of men wanted to be the person that helped their mate. And that, there's a the double edge to that. One is that, is that because 72% of men want to be the dominant person in the relationship, potentially. Yeah. But that if we take the, the, the other side of that sword, that we want to help each other. We are pack animals. We are social creatures. And... and, and the, the, the transaction of helping someone else is two-way. We know that you know, there, there are good chemicals released into your brain when you do something good for somebody who isn't you, whether that's a dog, or whether that's working at a food bank, or whether that's looking after your mate. It, that we, we, we all know from experience that it's a, it's a two-way street, and, we want to, and, and, and encouraging those behaviours can maybe bring people out of that self-imposed lockdown. I think it does, and it also, uh, like, in really basic terms, distract your brain. Yeah. Distraction is yep. so good. It's like uh, when you're in this cycle of I fucking hate myself, uh, and then you're able to kind of distract yourself with something else. For a little while, you're not I fucking hate myself. And that's really, really useful. Um, and yeah, I did get a dog. I got a little black dog. Uh, she fucking loves me, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. <laughs> and my dog, and my dog it, it, just being around, like, uh, another sentient being that cares and loves you to pieces no matter what, um, that makes you feel quite good about yourself. It's, it's really lovely. And it, I, I just think... Don't get a cat, then. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm afraid you're back in your bedroom if you get a cat, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I've got a cat as well. I hate that thing. I, lo- I love my cat. She just doesn't love me. Yeah. All, all the time. She does sometimes, but sometimes she doesn't. Yeah, when they're angry, they love you. But dogs love you all the time, no matter what. So that's why I like dogs. Cats are, cats are, cats are the devil. Uh, wow. I, but I, t- I tell you what I think, though, is that um, there's so many easy wins... Like, to try and start feeling better, there's so many easy little wins. You know, like, uh, I, like I'll do things, like, if I go to the shop, um, I'll make a point of being really nice and polite and saying thank you, and then they'll respond to me with, oh, thank you. And then I'll go, oh, that was nice. <laughs> uh, and then I'll feel, it gives me a little bit of self-worth, makes me feel nice about myself and they feel nice as well. That's a really easy win, these little, little things. Yeah, like small acts of kindness. Out. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a massively important thing. And it does make you feel better both ways, as, as, as you said, of course. It's just like, my, my one hope of like post-lockdown thing, the, ide- I, the idealistic thing of like, we're all going to love each other, blah, blah, absolute bullshit. Everyone's back to the same being an arsehole on the tube. Uh, There's that one arsehole that's still not wearing a mask when he's next to you. It's like, do you know what I mean? It's like... I, I was on a similar thing. Lots of people, not similar to this, but, yeah. um, but as in like uh, people talking and everybody was, was kind of saying that, of course, you know, it's going to be wonderful to be back with people. And I think we're going to ex- uh, value experiences and relationships so much more. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I met any people. Right? <laughs> and I said, yeah, but what if we build back worse? Yeah. And they all went, oh. Yeah. 
Yeah, I and mean, there is a possibility that we will. I mean, there's a possibility that the outcome of this is 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 is, is more kind of isolate. It's more self-centered behavior because we've seen what it's like when we have to behave as a community, and perhaps not not, not everybody got out, <laughs> what, out of that what they would have hoped. I think the, I mean, the other thing talking about that is just that, like, I think like a lot of people, I assume that there would be a kind of clear demarcation. Mm. There'd be an an off day in the same way that there was an on day for lockdown and pandemic and all the rest of it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Mm. and there's not. And there's probably nah. going to be a sort of five-year period of things being a bit weird. And that I find very difficult yeah. because I'd sort of, in a way, pinned my hopes on there being a day when somebody kind of rang the church bells and we all ran into the street and did a circle <laughs> yeah. pit and hugged, yeah. hugged and mouth kissed. Uh, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm you know I mean? That was yeah, very post-COVID then, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. There's a lot of things. With masks, maybe. The day's uncertainty coming. is really Brace yourself. I, like, I found, like, to kind of make myself feel better, I need, like, routine and I need to know everything. Yeah, of course. And I think the thing is the lockdown and the idea that we're coming out of lockdown and there's no certainty, like, that makes it really difficult because people are like, fucking, I don't know, you know, it, will there be an end? Funny if you mention routine, that's probably the biggest things of my mental health is building routine into my life. And, the first, and I'm fortunate to have gone through a round of dealing with my mental health properly before lockdown because the minute lockdown started the first week was a bit like the first couple of days when you get back off tour when you do watch netflix in your pants and not do anything and that's fine you can't live like that forever and like no. really early on it was like i need to build myself a routine yeah. and i set myself like a time to get up and then like a projects for the day and that kind of thing and i'm i'm really lucky that i sort of knew to do that but then weirdly right now is I'm finding very difficult simply because it's like, oh, you've got weekend gigs and then you've got nothing. And then, it's, uh, do you know what I mean? And then you might yeah. be going to America or you're not going to America. Whatever. It's, but it's just like there's no kind of constancy to it in a way yeah. that I, I'm finding very difficult. That's really hard because uh, like, I, I hate routine, but I need routine. Like, I hate the idea of it. And I hate it's like, oh, I'm so fucking old and boring. Like, I get these boring <laughs> routines and Ugh, I hate it. Uh, but then, in the same regard, I know that if I don't have it, right? But it's, I, I mean, it, it doesn't. I know exactly what you mean. But yeah. if you make it routine that you build yourself, I mean, so one of my things is I always read fifty pages of a book before breakfast. That's the thing I do every before breakfast. Every single day, I read fifty pages of a book before breakfast. See, I read everywhere I go. I whatever do that I'm every doing. night. I do. I mean, I read at night as well. But some nights I'm kind of exhausted. Some nights I've had a few drinks. Whatever yeah. it might be. But every morning I read 50 pages full. I mean, well, it slightly depends what I'm reading, in fairness. But <laughs> because some books, 50 pages is like kill me. Um, but uh, but the point being, like, I try and get a good chunk of reading in before I have breakfast with a cup of coffee. And if I do that every morning, it kind of grounds me for the day. I have to say, I know that sounds really boring to a lot of people, the idea of reading 50 pages, but what I will say is reading has really helped me. I never used to be able to sleep, uh, and that was really bad for my mental health. Uh, and I find when I read, uh, you, you can't think about other shit, because you have to concentrate, otherwise you keep rereading it. And then for that hour that I read, I'm just thinking about the book. And like, it really, you know, like uh, the mindfulness idea of being present. Reading's really good for that. That's a really good tip. It really is. How are we doing for time, Jeff? Right, well, okay, we've got five minutes, and I want to wrap up the way we always wrap up with top tips on being well. Top tips. Johnny, on the spot. Oh, God, okay, go. Um, top tip. I think. Um, 
being honest with yourself, I think. I think for me, I can tell myself that I'm fine a lot and keep pushing through stuff, but um, recognizing when you're not well and being honest with yourself and realizing that it's um, fine to slow down sometimes. Yeah, yeah. That's a good tip. Yeah. Self-awareness and, and letting yourself off. Yeah, and it's something I'm so not good at. I'm <laughs> yeah, so, I just want to run <laughs> as far as I can in that direction and want to say yes to everything and things like that. Um, like whether it's work, whether it's band, whether it's social, whatever, yeah. and it's just having that uh, yeah, awareness that if you're hurting, and this is physically or mentally as well, yeah. like, like um, then just like give yourself that little bit of time. Just be self-aware. Yeah, that's a good, good one. Simon, give us a top tip, top twip. We got a, a, a bit of merch coming out of the company called New New Working Class uh, Working Class Heroes, sorry, New Working Class something else. Yeah. Uh, working Class Heroes, which is a, a, a clothing brand. Um, we're not actually making any money from it, so I'm not trying to get anyone to buy it. But I love it. Um, it's uh, an old oldie oldie worldy tape cassette on the front of this T-shirt, and it's got calm as the the label, and it's just called Tell Your Friends You Love Them. Ah, oh, uh, like that. Brilliant. Is it my go? Yeah, you just um, give a good one anyway. So well, you... I guess what the one thing I would say is something I've noticed in a lot of my friends who have issues with their mental health, and I, if I can say this without being self-involved with myself as well, is that like quite often the people who struggle tend to be really, really generous towards other people, yeah. and it's just kind of like treat yourself like you treat a friend who is going through the thing you're going through. Imagine that the shit you're suffering was your best mate suffering that. What would you say? You'd be like, mate, fucking hell, chill out, do what you need. And then turn around and say that to yourself. Yeah. Because, because, because I do it all the time. I have a friend who's suffering. Like, I'm, I'm like, dude, what can I do? I'm here for you. Like, do you need to slow down? You fuck that, cancel that, do this, you know, whatever. And then I kind of go, yes, but I can't do any of that. Jesus Christ, I've got to keep being. Yeah, and, and it's, so you let your mate off. But, it, but exactly, so, so let, you yourself off, let yourself treat, off. Let, treat yourself like you treat, said, your, yeah. like you treat a dear friend. Yeah. Perfect. All right, Simon, uh, how do people find calm? Um, we, we, we've got a website on the internet. Um, <laughs> no, I've not heard of that. It's going to catch on. What's that so, internet? Uh, so the, the, it's a terrible URL, the calmzone.net, but just search for Campaign Against Living Miserably because that's what calm stands for. Um, uh, there's, there's loads of stuff on there to, to help you, to help people that you might be worried about. Um, loads of things about calm clubs and events and all the great stuff that you can join in with if you want to be a part of the movement and we have a helpline which is free to call um, and which is highly um, action focused uh, that's 0800 58 58 58 and that's um, from 5 till midnight 7 days a week and it's staffed by uh, trained and paid professional people so it's not volunteers it's people who can really really help um, and, and the thing we'd say is if, if, you're, if you're worried about yourself or anybody else then, then calm is there no matter what, no matter who you are, no matter how you're feeling. Fantastic. Right. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, guys. Say, uh, thank you for is anyone still here? They are. Look. <laughs> you can I hear love them. Here. Thank you still so here. much. I would like to thank my brother Warren Borg oh, here you, for doing this uh, with me. Cheers, to, otherwise, I'd probably be too scared. <laughs> Uh, I would like to thank, if we can have You're a round right, of applause sunshine. for my friend Johnny Marriott here. Yes, yes. Yep. If we can have a round of applause for Mr. Frank Turner. And a round of applause for Mr. Simon Gunning. Yes. We are the mouth of manliness. We are the mouth of manliness, and thank you for coming. Thank you very much.
have a lovely evening, people. It's thank you, guys. Amazing. Thank you for having us. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.